1: everybody welcome to snark monkey number 24 with the great max cook k-o-c-h by the way oh what what a completely fascinating funny bizarro fella i love max and this is a great episode max has done a little bit of everything continues to do a little bit of everything he's an actor he's a voice actor he's been on a high profile animated series oh wow uh he's an incredibly talented artist and has a bent for the darker side of things. Um, he's an impressionist, has a this terrific following on some videos he has done of some of his favorite personalities, including Jack Nicholson and uh, Tony Soprano. And I know that's a character, not an actor. You know, shut up. Um, and he's just great to talk to. And I just think his mind doesn't quite work the way the rest of us does and his facebook posts are hilarious and i just thought we would have a great time talking and we did Uh, oh and he's also started a blog on wine and he's it's really fun um so if you like wine and if you like funny people then you should check it out it's MaxCookUncorked.com. we cover all that in here and you got to check it out because he has had a very bizarro interesting life and um, and it's a fun little journey here. And he's cr- just creating his own art and his own world, which is something I love talking about. So let's do it. Snark Monkey number twenty four. here's Max Cook. Why are you such an angry man? Are we
2: starting? Oh, yeah. This is it? Hell, yeah.
1: You really think I'm that angry? You you know you're angry. You're angry at the trash on the streets. Yes. Which you take pictures of constantly. Yes. Well, it's um, and more by discarded the way, what furniture. What fucking neighborhood do you live in that so many people are throwing away condoms, underwear, and uh, old TVs? Well... All, I mean, or do you seek it out? Listen, I... It,
2: the, the the detritus is thrust upon me, Larry. I, wow. I am exhausted. I walk my dogs every morning. I live in the no-ho arts district, whatever that is. And this <laughs> how thing, much
1: arts is going on there?
2: There's some art. I oh. haven't seen any of it, and I'll never see it. I don't like theater. <laughs> I hate theater. <laughs> but I I live around the corner from one of those porn boutiques. Oh. And it's it's uh and, and they buy a big rubber dildo, the deviant does, and they, they they rush out to the alleyway and they rip apart the packaging and they toss it on the ground and they go and they shove it up
1: their ass and the Are next they in course, that big of a hurry? I'm telling you, it looks as if they Is this like like smash the glass emergency dildo kind of what what who is in such a huge rush to get that dildo going? Highly charged sexual
2: <laughs> deviant art lovers art
1: lovers
2: (laughs) it's it's the romantics with an x that's that's where these people are buying this stuff wow and 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 there's oh everyone's fucking in the bushes and there's rubber gloves everywhere and mattresses it's a very
1: congested neighborhood but allegedly up and coming i don't know what but you don't want it to be all pristine and gentrified though do you well, what does that word gentrified mean? That means a bunch of white people move no, in no, and no, kick no, out no, all the no, no, all the all the normal people. I love people that aren't white. I think they're great. <laughs> <laughs> I love being around that. And and uh, and also they like to clean up the homeless too. That's what happened. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what they say about Williams- Williamsburg and Brooklyn and people who lament the old neighborhood, which, of course, is never a neighborhood they wanted to live in because it was so unsafe and disgusting, (laughs) but they'll still go, oh, the old New York.
2: I've never been to New York. What?
1: No. Wait a minute. No. People are like, how can you not go to New York? New York is everything. You seem like somebody who not only is maybe from New York, but who, who lived there for years and grudgingly came out this direction. Where were you born? I was born in Lansing, Michigan. Now, see, I don't see that at all. I know I'm a total Midwest hick. How long were you there? Oh
2: God, uh, seven years. I actually grew up uh, a, a, on a farm a little bit.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. All right, let's go back. <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna get the we're gonna get a little of the chronological Max Cook story out oh, first. Boy. So you were born in Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. To uh, to regular normal parents. Well, my dad was a
2: cop, and he was violently killed. Uh, a month and a half before I was born. Oh wow! Yeah. So my mom, she was a nurse. She was a hot little thing, you know. I'm inside the womb, traumatized from her sorrow. I was born into death, man.
1: Yeah. So, so, so you recognize that there was some darkness the moment you came into the world. Oh, it was. It you was. You feel like you honestly
2: yeah. feel that way. I do. I, I mean, I think scientifically, I'm I'm programmed to uh, gravitate. Or levitate towards the dark side of things, and it's always been the problem. When did you learn about your dad? Oh, gee. Um. Well, I think for a long time I didn't know he was gone because Mom kind of remarried. Uh, uh. I guess a couple of years later to a, a really abusive prick. And uh, to her I, or to you or th- to both? To both of us, oh. and and he wound up being um a probation officer and 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 a cokehead and and violent. And I thought he was dad, so I called him dad forever. And it wasn't until we got out here that I realized, this guy's not my dad. Who is my dad? So I had to find out. I probably really understood by the time I was seven or eight. Did your mom
1: tell you? Or did you have to go to other people?
2: Well, I was extremely uh, close to my grandma Cook, who was my dad's mom. And she was very communicative with me. She was the best woman uh, in my life growing up. I mean, she was just, she was everything. She really provided the perspective on my father that he was just this class clown, that he loved making fun of people, that he always
1: got in trouble, that he was rebellious, that he loved the ladies, that he loved forensic pathology. I mean, that's me. So you're finding there, you're finally going, there's my connection. there, there There's yes. my DNA. Yes. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering if the dude lived
2: if we wouldn't have wound up canceling each other out. I mean, it would be very interesting, I think, about that if he was still alive today.
1: Yeah, would he have nurtured that in you, or yeah. would he have tried to steer you away from... Well, he ended up being a cop. He ended up being... I mean, was he a... From her estimation, was he a good guy? Was he... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I no, mean, everyone in loved trouble and you know, all yeah. that yeah. stuff, but, yeah. but generally a warm, loving guy.
2: Oh, everyone. Because you have that in you, everyone too. Everyone loved
1: him. but Despite your attempts to, to yeah. hide it and to to squash it i do you have a warm cuddly side see this is better than the therapy i've been getting for
2: the past five years because i don't see any it's so funny i was thinking on the way over here why does larry want to talk to me why does he want me in his show what perspective does he have
1: what do people perceive and now i'm learning no you're one of the most complicated interesting funny talented weird (laughs) like people i've ever met wow and i think there's a lot going on with you. I mean, yeah. there's so much going on with you, and but I don't think it's imposing or scary as much as you like to put up this kind of front of being, you know, dark and and right. leaning to. I mean, I love that you love Halloween as much as you do. Yeah, but you love it in it, you love its its darkness and its and its horror and and you love the the the, the you know creepy bloody <laughs> you know elements. But you but also at the same time you love it in this childlike way. Yeah. Um, your... Your What was it, the, the jack-o'-lantern ball, or what the hell was that thing you found at the Ralphs that day? and Oh, yeah, sale? it
2: was a kickball painted like a jack-o'-lantern, yeah. so
1: I saw it at the Vaughn's. And that was yeah. sheer childlike joy, yeah the
2: thing, the video you
1: made out of the yeah. song Didn't you make a song out of that? I did.
2: Jack-o'-lantern ball, it's the greatest thing ever. It's the greatest thing ever. Jack-o'-lantern ball, it's the greatest. Yeah, I I, I did. Yeah. I, I made a whole dance out of it. And maybe, I made maybe I should a video save this a son-
1: episode until October. <laughs> Oh man! When (laughs) will it come out? That's okay. But that's why I mean because, and also part of what I'm doing is I'm talking to people who are you know working at a certain level have have reached a a certain level of success Mm -hmm. uh, via entertainment business, and you have your hands in a bunch of different things yeah. and you've uh, got you know you've got your acting and you've got your voice acting mm-hmm. and you've got your following on youtube uh, i mean you've been doing that for a while before all this other social media stuff kind of took off yeah. impressions and yeah. your little videos and you have a lot of people watching and and checking out your stuff you have this strange little following yeah that loves what you do and yeah. you've got your wine thing So, you're a very complex, interesting person, and that is the long answer to why I wanted to talk to you. Oh, I appreciate
2: it. I'm I'm really glad I'm here, and I brought you a bottle. I did. I brought you a bottle of the uh, 2012 St. Francis Old Vine Zinfandel. Now, this isn't super fancy, but it's it's fancy enough.
1: I love C. Zinfandel. And that's for you. You're talking my. Oh, really? Now, don't forget to aerate that.
2: What do you mean, oh, really? It's in a gift bag, for God's sake. What the, what the, you're yeah, the, I'm going to give it back to myself.
1: No, you're the first Look at that. podcast guest that has
2: actually brought a gift. Well, that's unfortunate. You have to, man. Oh,
1: see, and I love Zinfandels.
2: I feel like you're inviting me into your home, and I don't show up to anyone's house empty-handed. I'm not that kind of guy. See, now there's the gracious, caring, yes. nice person yes. A lot Max. of people think I'm gay, Larry. What? They do. No. They think I'm—because when people come over— They get candles, they get blankets, (laughs) they get mints, they get cheeses. Now, where is
1: that coming from?
2: Where is that coming from? I am a provider of comfort, and when you come up to the condo in the sky, you disappear. All of your problems melt away. (laughs) Where is the condo in the sky? It's in the NoHo Arts District, (laughs) right above all the... Dirty condoms and
1: rubber gloves, <laughs> so and torn really, mattresses. So you really live in you straddle both worlds, the light and the dark. <laughs> Correct, uh, and you're comfortable in both. I would think. Yeah, obviously. But, uh, you know. I well, let's t- go back to your well, troubled uh, childhood. Uh, all right, all right, I, I want to know. Uh, yeah. uh, so you left Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. Did, you, did you come to California? Where, when did you live on a farm?
2: Oh uh, well, that was right before we we left. Uh, the farmhouse was was. Very remote. That was in East Lansing, and uh, that was a very remote couple of years. And the first time I realized that um, I like uh, using my imagination is on the farm, was on the farm. Like everything was either puppets, action figures, hats, wigs. So I'm pretty isolated growing up. Yeah, was
1: that just out of boredom and you didn't have yeah. like n- any neighbors to walk to and play with?
2: I, I did, but they were all redneck pieces of shit who like had no comic sensibility, <laughs> like they were beneath me as playmates.
1: Were there animals? Did oh, you did you yes. become attached to the anim- not, well that sounds really creepy when I ask <laughs> I ask you. Come here. No, stop it. Uh, Tisha. <laughs> now, see, when you do that character, yeah. your right hand... Yeah, I in- went
2: and touched my dick. ...involuntarily yeah. goes to your crotch. I know. I touched my crotch, and I didn't have to, because no. you're over there. You can't see my no, hand on my dick. No, nobody can. It's a podcast. I can't stop touching my dick.
1: So you were enjoying the animals from a friendship standpoint.
2: Animals... ...are everything to me on top of everything else. So, yeah, I had an old English sheepdog. Uh, I had a uh, golden retriever. Oh. I had a monkey for no, a little while. No, you didn't. <laughs> I had a cat named Leroy Brown. <laughs> I had a horse named Goldie. <laughs> uh, are you making any of this uh, up? No, I, I, listen, I who when, has the energy to lie? Now, when did you have a monkey? Uh, he came
1: by, well, you know... Then, the, uh, <laughs> when, he came by, did he, he was, escape a traveling circus... And suddenly you got a monkey knocking on your door? He, he was a diapered
2: little fellow that came by. He was a little spider monkey. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Larry. You'll love this, actually. Since um, the the stepdad was a probation officer and since my mom was a nurse and sometimes worked at, like, battered teen shelters, we wound up having kind of a lot of foster uh, teenage chicks coming in and out of the house. <laughs> and one of them brought a monkey. Listen, I've had a very weird
1: life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, why haven't you pitched that series I to somebody? Thought
2: about the monkey in years! Oh, my God. The monkey? Yeah, oh
1: so... Oh, man.
2: So, yeah. I would watch that show. Yeah. So, my, my mom started seeing this kid doing weird shit, and she's like, I don't know. Maybe we should get out of here. Maybe Michigan isn't the place to be. Maybe we got to take this kid out to L.A., so...
1: Well, why would L.A. come to
2: mind? Well,
1: because... Uh, Were there relatives here at all? Any family?
2: Uh, Um, everyone is is, uh, dead. And there weren't a lot of them. Um, But no, no, I I think the real motivation was my, my mom and then stepdad's best friends had moved out here and discovered, like... You know, California in the 70s, man. Like, it was all happening. Like, the Coke was blowing, and the people were making homemade ice cream, and everyone had a black bottom pool. And that's <laughs> what they wanted to be a part of.
1: That's, By the way, if they redo the Beverly Hillbillies, it, those are the new lyrics to the theme song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coke so. was blowing. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. Black, <laughs> black bottom that. pools. What was the middle one there? I don't know. Oh, Did I watch damn those?
2: it. What? Did I watch the Beverly Hillbillies?
1: We all watched the Beverly Hillbillies. I, I was watching Adam's Family, man. Oh yeah. yeah. So you're out here in California. Yeah. At what point did you recognize that your imagination and your your kind of entertaining bent, your puppets, and your I didn't even mention illustrations. You're yeah. an, an amazing illustrator. That's Thank another you. you know part of your arsenal. How? When did you realize that that translated to actually maybe doing that for a living? Or trying to do that for a living. Well, listen, I, I,
2: I would say up until ten years ago, I didn't know who I was. I was trying to be everyone else. And uh, what did you want to be? I, I, I it, well, is, is, did you did you have a goal as like a kid or a teenager? Well, yeah. To answer your question, um, when I got out to California, we had a house up in Woodland Hills, and I went to Woodland Hills Elementary, and I used to go around. Seriously, I was so obsessed with Groucho, I would go around with the Groucho duck walk. Like I must've strained my back as a kid and I would have a stick, like a thick stick I would find and and pretend it was a cigar. And I would go around telling kids that I was Groucho Marx's son. <laughs> and I lived that part during lunch, recess. Like I never switched it up. Like now, that was, it, was the role. Now
1: were you, did you see the movies on TV or you? Or yeah. did you discover them somehow? Yeah. Like the family film festival hosted
2: by Tom Hatton. There we go. You know, and, yeah. I, and I, I just was so smitten by the Marx brothers and that that mad zany uh, anarchistic anarchistic yeah. world that they that they lived in, and uh, yeah,
1: the anti-establishment,
2: yeah, and also the, the shit up, verbal man. language, and yes, all the the psych yes. gags, yeah, all the fucking with Margaret Dumont, and oh, it just you destroyed me. as It totally kid. spoke to you, yeah. So Groucho was like, and so I would go to B Dalton, and like my mom be like, "All right, you want to buy kid books?" I'm like, "No, I want to go buy books about Groucho," and and then and, and mom would buy me books. I mean, my mom was actually very cool uh i mean this is once we kind of got away from phil she she left him she had to he was he was just violent but um you know she'd buy me books about groucho and i was getting really good at reading and i would read stories about chico fucking girls and i'm nine years old or it's actually chico uh so so i was like i want to be groucho that's that's who i want to be and then after groucho gosh that then came like our guys like uh,
1: your Steve Martin's. Yeah, and the Robin comedy guys, the Mork, Mork, and so you were. Yeah, so you were listening. to Robin Williams albums and the Steve Martin records. Yeah, and- George Carlin, and Richard Pryor, Pryor absolutely. Oh,
2: Richard Pryor's funniest man that ever lived. I
1: mean, they talk about how like the day that uh, that night that the Beatles played on Ed Sullivan, the yeah. next day, you know, every kid in America started a band when that Richard Pryor movie came out, <laughs> and then the albums. Like yeah. the first one, I live felt- in concert. Yeah, with the red shirt and the
2: yes. monkey. Yeah,
1: And the monkey goes up and fucks him in the ear. Now, it, it ha, have you ever laughed harder? No. at anything in your no, life than no, that movie? Because no. I can remember, I have, and I have this kind of weird Rain Man thing about. I can kind of remember every place I've ever seen in any movie ever. Wow, that's great. And I know I was at the Windwood Cinema. It was a midnight movie showing. Wow. And I don't think I have ever. Just lost my breath, <laughs> tears coming out of my eyes. And by the way, this is West Texas, and this is a bunch of white, oh. just I mean, and that just shows the power of Richard Pryor. This yeah. place was full because nobody everybody had been hearing about this movie. Nobody yeah. had seen this movie. And it was and he was making fun of us. I mean, he was he was yeah. doing this amazing impression. All of white right, people. cut the shit. Here we just cut the crapola. <laughs> uh, he slaughtered, man. That that stuff killed me. Yeah. And so I think. That that was one of those touchstones for people who wanted to be comedians or wanted to be funny as because it wasn't we were definitely seeing a a black presence that we hadn't seen before. We saw an insight into a world that maybe Mm -hmm. I certainly didn't understand. But but outside of that, just the ability to make me laugh that hard. There was something really special in this person like he was. He was cracking the code on something that we hadn't seen before, and I, I yeah. hear of that from people everywhere. Wow! Wasn't it great that he was a
2: storyteller first and foremost? Right. Well, that's the other thing. It wasn't jokes. It wasn't no one jokes. liners. I mean, yeah. There, there were there were. I mean, you're you're dying and you can't breathe from him. He's he's going to kill you with his comedy. I just looked at Sunset Strip the other day. Yeah. Just for old times' sake yeah. and riotous. Yeah. I had to just stop it because it was like forty minutes of gold, and I just want to save the next forty
1: minutes. Right. That mudbone character—the yeah. first time I heard that, there was so much. That, that's the other thing that you talk about the storytelling. There's some pathos in that. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, he had a, he did tell a story, and it wasn't always hilarious. I mean, and you also f- kind of sensed the pain. Again, as a white kid in West Texas, <laughs> yeah. all I knew was instinctually that he had experienced stuff that I could feel through his comedy. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, that's that's powerful shit. Yeah. So yeah, Prior, I I I, I just I, you know I put him up there with he's like. You know the Beatles to me, and and things like that. Those are. I didn't the guys. know this about you. I, I really, yeah. I'm
2: really, uh, I'm really enjoying hearing that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, you and
1: I are. I don't even really know how old you are, um, but I'll be 45 in August. Yeah, so I'm older than you, but we still kind of still went through similar periods from mm-hmm. the standpoint of what influenced us. Yeah. You know, first couple of seasons of SNL and yeah. and all those guys. You know, those were. That was some formative shit for, for comedy, anyway.
2: Oh, my God. I just saw The Wild and Crazy Guys again for the first time since I was a teenager. Right. We put on special cologne. It makes our chest hairs crispy. <laughs> and I'm still laughing, and my wife's like, you're an idiot.
1: <laughs> I, uh, if Danny
2: Aykroyd? What happened to Danny? What,
1: is he Where's he, our boy? Uh, he's, <sighs> he's... Do you yeah. know him? He's enormous. I know that. Yeah, he's a big fella. I don't think he's I,
2: making the Skull Vodka. He's uh, yeah. he's into the UFOs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I I uh, I haven't seen him do anything in a while. Do you and, wa-
2: do you want a f- listen? I wasn't a Ghostbusters buff, but do
1: you want a female Ghostbusters? I don't have a problem. I don't have this kind of. Yeah. defensive affection.
2: Exactly. I could care less. Great. For I the originals. I probably uh, like that better than the original.
1: I think here's the problem, and I've gone through this on our group podcast that we do. Uh, there's there's a, Almost everybody in it is younger than I am. Mm. And so those 80 mo- 80s movies, like we got in this huge fight when I said that The Goonies is ultimately just not a very good movie <laughs> and i i literally thought yeah. people were going to flip tables over and walk out on me jeez I have but no
2: attachment to that film.
1: me neither and i and i lost know, boys yeah well i well i know why is because i i had my childhood movies yeah. i had my bad news bears and my mm-hmm. disney shit with dean jones and all that oh, that's stuff great. and when i and by the time 1980 rolled around i was at usc film school yeah. and i thought i was going to the next level so i was I was atta- I was attracted to I mean I remember distinctly seeing Raging Bull yeah. at the Man Regent the old man Regent in Westwood and being devastated. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the Deer Hunter mm-hmm. at the crappy little Scott Theater upstairs theater with like nine <laughs> seats in Odessa Texas and walking out of there breathless. Um and at th- at that point I turned a corner and I w- I saw Back to the Future. I loved Back to the Future, but I didn't embrace that as something. No. So those kind of goofy eighty movies, eighties movies that people kind of base their whole childhoods on, yeah. uh, I was past that. I yeah. was I was digging a whole different scene, man. <laughs> and man. so I don't have that affection. So the Ghostbusters thing, and I also know the director uh, Paul Feig. I'm, he's going to be on this podcast. Actually. Oh, that's great. Um, so I will make him defend that. Yeah, but. I have never had a moment of hesitation of going, yeah, that sounds like a fun idea. Why not? You Because mm-hmm. he's not trying to remake it. He's trying to bring it about in a different way with an all-female cast. And that sounds a little gimmicky, but those are all funny people he's talking
2: about putting in there. And- I think they're funnier than men. I mean, yeah. I, for the past several years, and I still watch SNL. I think the chicks are always better than the dudes. There's some dudes that I love, but yeah, always I think the lately, chicks. yeah,
1: yeah. I, th- I think the, I think Kristen Wiig is freaking brilliant. Oh. I think Kate McKinnon on this new season is oh. is incredible at what she does. I want to do terrible things to all of them. Yeah, I don't think Kate McKinnon would let you. No,
2: I yeah, she likes uh, she likes she, the yeah. hmm
1: <laughs> Well, anyway. (laughs) So we talked about our influences, and we uh, got a Monkey and a Goonies reference in there.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's funny that you mentioned those films, because by the time I was 10, 11, 12 into my teens... It was Z Channel, and I was watching all of those films you speak of, and right. I wanted to be a film actor, and I wanted to make movies.
1: What was Because um, you have expressed such great affection for guys like De Niro yeah. and Pacino, and you do those impressions, mm. and we're, I'm going to make you dance like a monkey here in a bit and do those. <laughs> but what was the movie that like really flipped your switch?
2: It was One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, oh. and it was Nicholson. And yeah. Nicholson's my
1: all-time favorite uh, actor, and it
2: was Nicholson that I said, that's the dude I want
1: to be. Okay, you just posted something the other day that blew my mind. That BAFTA acceptance. How great was that? With the entire cast yeah. and this little Danny DeVito I've never seen that hovering before. nearby. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, that movie in general, Once you, now that you watch it, to see who was in that thing. Mm-hmm. And to see Christopher Lloyd in there and, mm-hmm. and DeVito early on. And um, and people don't talk about that movie that much anymore. No. I not, don't understand. Not with, uh, because it's kinda it's still it's still as impactful, I think, now yeah. as, as ever, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Generations are missing it and um Why? Uh what's going on there? I don't know.
2: It's 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 one for the fogies and well, what are they gonna do? Watch Cuckoo's Nest on their phones? <laughs> Milos will lose his mind <laughs> But
1: that see, but the thing is, modern cinema and that era of cinema, that kind of silver age of cinema in the seventies. We haven't progressed that much no. since then. I mean, they're in color, <laughs> they're yeah. they're adult themed. They, I, I, you know, I, my, uh, I showed my kid The French Connection for the first time. Okay, and there's some dated stuff in there. Mm. And Hackman's character uses the n-word a little too <laughs> no, freely for everybody. Really? For every, oh I yeah, don't remember that. right up front, man. Oh, that's great. Right at the beginning. I mean, not great, but yeah. Um, but it's interesting because Alex, my son, is a, is a good litmus test. He's yeah. really open to to, you know, great movies. Yeah. But he'll call bullshit on something that doesn't hold up, you okay. know? And, and he... And also, and in watching all that 70s stuff, they spend a lot of time developing character in a way that they just don't do anymore. Because the standard template now is have that big set piece at the beginning that sets the tone you're supposed to have a big action piece and you also know everything you need to know about the characters within the first five minutes and then you can let the thing play out and French Connection is a prime example Serpico does this Uh, so many other movies from that era do this the opening scene is just they're just getting off work I think they do actually bust somebody but then they go to a bar and then there's just a bunch of talk and then there's just like and then it finally kind of leads up to this, hey, look at that guy. We need to follow that guy. He's flashing around too much dough. <laughs> and it and you only learn about the character over a course of a, a long period of time and there's not some sort of little like token that
2: You're still talking about Popeye Doyle, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. You 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 absorb his character mm. it's not laid out in front of you. And almost mm-hmm. every movie from the 70s takes its sweet damn time yeah. getting going. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going on a diet. No, there. I'm I'm loving your passion, man. You're preaching to the choir. But my point is like if you think about uh, let's say Kubrick. Uh oh boy. uh Clockwork Orange. Oh boy. You love that movie, right? That's my all-time favorite film. Is that 1969? That's 71. Uh, 71. Okay. Yeah. So now think about Forty years before that, mm-hmm. 19, 1971, mm-hmm. do the math. Can you do the I math? I can't do math. All right. Don't make At, me do math. So uh, where was cinema in 1931? Oh. You know, they had just invented sound pictures four yeah. years before that.
2: I only know March Brothers movies and uh, All right. Universal Horror Monsters.
1: All right. So now, now add 40 years to 1971, Okay, you basically get to present day. Okay. Where, how... How easy is it to watch a Clockwork Orange now and consider that a very modern daring, edgy movie as compared to what was going on forty years before we haven 't made much progress in terms of what kind of movies we 're making and right. the kind of content we we 're not breaking ground mm-hmm. except in giant screens and digital effects i I would tell Which you that i 't like I would tell you a clockwork orange is is more impactful than and, and more. I mean, you're
2: giving sti- me goosebumps. Well, and it's still exhilarating as ever. Absolutely.
1: It's still. And I don't think that's lost on a new generation. And yeah. I think is what I'm trying to say.
2: Plus, the fact that Stanley said, fuck it. This is the NADSAT language. You're going to figure it out on your own. Right. You're going to you still understand the film, even though Alex and the droogs are speaking in a whole other language. In the same way you had to do it with the book. You just had. We are to- all feeling a bit shagged and fagged and fashed. It had been an evening of some great energy expenditure oh my brothers. So we got rid of the auto and stopped off at the Carova for a nightcap.
1: Damn. Do you know the whole movie?
2: Yes. I could perform it for you right now.
1: Okay, go. (laughs) I will validate you for an extra two hours if you go now.
2: (laughs) I watched Caligula when I was (laughs) ten. My mom really didn't care.
1: Oh, by the way, I still haven't watched Caligula. What? No.
2: Dude, Helen Mirren, are you into her? It scares She's the hell out of me. She's fucking naked through the whole goddamn thing. But they, <laughs> but they do some boobs wrong. and butts and fucking and coming. You got to see the <laughs> porn version of it, though. It's it's O'Toole, McDowell, Helen Mirren, Gilgood, all running around a
1: porn movie. It is actually one of, I mean, it is such an aberration. It is this. Uh, Guccione, right? He yeah. basically did everything. He, yeah. Did he direct it,
2: even? Well, uh, there was a, a, f- a French... Italian, oh, that,
1: yeah, there was a French name. or
2: Italian filmmaker that, that made it. Was There's a a it was a tremendous documentary. But you feel like Guccione
1: yeah. was on the set the entire yes, time. Yes, he was. I mean, <laughs> this was my movie. But early. he managed to get those names yes, in this crazy fucking... Well, we're making a legitimate picture here. Oh, well, Mr. Guccione, I yeah. I, I, just... It feels like mm-hmm. you just wanted an excuse to do an arty porn film. You understand I'm a
2: painter, first and foremost. People call me a pornographer. Yeah. That's not what I am. I'm,
1: well, pa- I'm a painter. But You're a painter? I'm a... <laughs> I'm a painter. You're. A, I'm a punter. You, <laughs> I'm a. You don't know what I you are. I don't know are. what I am. I believe you're dead, Mister Gugino. I believe no. I am gone. Yes, my son. son. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> Spin Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> so you now were you gravitating to these things? You were seeking out this kind of stuff. Was there like weird? Well, then uh, I was like, I got to so, be an actor. So yeah. Who who was the guy? I mean, you said. Well, there was, are we, what are we talking about now? What, who was like the I mean, actor? Or? No, who was the actor that. that, that Nicholson. Nicholson, for yeah. sure.
2: That was the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, Still is? Oh, yeah. yeah. He, 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 he tore me asunder and he put me on the path. Did you go to college? Uh, I went to um, a semester of film school at CalArts. I, I tried to get into CalArts the first time and I didn't. And then I got in the second time and, uh, and it wasn't for me.
1: Too uh, experimental, too artsy-fartsy. Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't
2: know. I didn't know. I, yeah. I, I really should have gone into the animation program like Tim Burton did and mm-hmm. maybe make um, films the way the journey he took. But, mm-hmm. boy, I was in there and I was so frustrated. And, you know, I had just come out of – I mean, I, I was in my first professional show out here in L.A., which got me, you know, Equity was um, – I think I was 12 Don Sherman's Schwab Players of Hollywood. What? And I got to work with Don Sherman, who played uh, the bartender in the Rocky movies. I got to work with Beth Grant, who you see her all over the place now. Greg Lewis. And these were all like, I don't know, kind of like vaudeville sort of beatnik kind of New York folk who came out here and started a theater company. And that show was produced by Sally Marr, who was Lenny Bruce's mom. And Sally would set me aside... And say you got something, kid. You got to stick with this thing. All right. So I I, I, I had some agents come and see me at, when I was a kid, and I went on a few kid auditions. Like I think I auditioned for Jaws for the Revenge. I think they brought me back a few times, and I didn't get the part. As Michael Caine's son? Because because Cider wasn't in that one.
1: Well, no, he wasn't. Was that the one where the 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 shark was chasing Lorraine? Gary all over the the world or something that's and, hilarious. Yeah, I think Probably. there's. I think there's a, a rich. May he rest in peace. I think there's a rich Jenny, uh, routine about Jaws, three or four where he's just it, the logic of it defies, just really any.
2: <laughs> I gotta find real that.
1: thinking, and he's just, yeah. You gotta look up Richard Jenny and Jaws. Oh, rest in peace. I know. Didn't he
2: die in the shower? He killed himself. Right? I think he killed himself. See, you have to understand to be a, a funny person and i never thought of myself as any kind of comedian but it's it's just so there's so much pain you got to negotiate
1: but well, that's true right yeah. i mean but then you have those aberrations like guys like seinfeld who claims he has absolutely no dark side no yeah. anguish no no nothing which, by the way, and I will mm. make this comment: If anybody, have you ever watched his *Comedians in Cars with Coffee*? I have. Okay. you need to watch the episode. I think we have a little insight into him, okay. and and okay. he and he's fucking lying. <laughs> uh, it's Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay, and they're really good friends yeah. because they're in New York, and because they're adorable, and of course they she hang so out, much, and yeah. of course they all hang out. Yeah. Those families, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> at one point, though, because he lets his guard down a little bit because she knows him so well, and and she's asking something about. Didn't your parents ever hug you? Didn't they ever sh- show affection? And he's like, "No. Yeah. Why would they?" He doesn't. And that's like, "Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There, there's definitely something there."
2: I saw Dark Jerry on stage. My my wife, um, she's in HR, and she drags me to these HR conferences, and they get big acts, and they got Seinfeld one
1: year. I oh, believe this wow, was in they're Atlanta. paying some sweet dough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a big company, and then. this this was a
2: a, a you know. A convention yeah,
1: they show. Yeah, a lot of the big names, that's all. I mean, yeah. he can make a ton of money doing Absolutely. corporate gigs. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And there was Jerry on stage, and I've never seen him so dark. He was beautiful. He killed. I mean, I love Jerry, but I'd never seen this side of Jerry. Oh, wow. Just bitching about what a pain in the ass it is being a dad and <laughs> just going into all of his well, stuff. Well, maybe he
1: just didn't give a shit I anymore. think he
2: dropped a couple of, uh, not an F-bomb, but I think he dropped some curse words up there. Yeah, I think he went for it. All
1: right, it good. was dark, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, good I to like see that. that. Good to see. It. But yeah, but there's—I mean, they, people have always said there's pain in comedy, and yeah. you see so many comedians who end up in dark places. I mean, Robin Williams is a prime example mm-hmm. of somebody who was working so hard to make sure anybody he was around. I mean, that Norm Macdonald story—did you read that mm-hmm. after uh, Norm Macdonald was—I think his first appearance on on Letterman or something. And Robin Williams was on that night. I hope I'm not getting this wrong. And Norm had never met Robin Williams or, you know, didn't know each other. But Robin came in and started, like, just riffing with him and and pretending he was the tailor and, like, measuring his inseam. And, Nor- <laughs> and Norm tells a story. He told yeah. it in Twitter, like, in okay. you know, in these Twitter kind of comments. Wow. And it was, like, this really moving thing of... This guy, all he wanted to do was get people to like him and in every moment of his life. So that does translate to, well, how are you when you're alone? And that's all you feel like doing is Mm -hmm. trying to make sure people like you or love you. And that's where I kind of see his darkness. I can't ever try to explain exactly what he went through and why he went through what he went through. But, yeah, I mean, that's what where would you come out on why funny people have such a dark side to them is, is it just because of their upbringing Is it just because their their background is it in the dna is it is it trying to change the darkness into light you know the the few moments on stage give you this kind of clarity is it, do you have a take on that i'll let you talk
2: wow uh well i just think it's a sensibility thing i mean i, I think yeah it, it is sort of like what you say you have to find beauty and ugliness but but it, in order in order for the comic mind, oh, I see. I'm going to sound like a pretentious no, dick. I don't
1: but, know what I'm talking. But no, but this is, this is where you come yeah. from because your drawings and yeah. the stuff you gravitate to, yeah. and your humor, yeah. comes from a place of, of the the. the well, I, I'm the kind of guy,
2: Larry, who doesn't just go to the supermarket, get his groceries, and leave. I go to the supermarket, and it becomes an absolute endurance test. <laughs> I and I'm observing. Everything becomes like a fear and loathing in Las Vegas experience, you know what I mean? And, uh, for example, uh, the other day I, I went in and I saw two dudes with skullets. That's where it's – they have male pattern, but then they have long hair in the back that they <laughs> turn into a ponytail. And those grotesques came to life, and I had to rush home and draw them. So I just think it's a, it's a, it's a mental illness – It's a it's a it's a physical thing. So, yeah, I do think it has to do with DNA. But I do think it's a sensibility thing. You finding the fucking humor in a guy who would actually go out of his way to grow a skullet and then try to rock it in an Albertsons. That's the answer to comedy, man. (laughs) And then you share that with people and they're like, I would have never thought of that in a million years. That is actually kind of funny.
1: Yeah. There's so many things that pass us by that I don't think in those terms. I think I probably would see that guy and go, and then totally (laughs) move on. So you, but you embrace that shit and that's great. I mean, that's what com- that's what comedians do. That's the other observational mm-hmm. aspect of things: is the absurdity and the what was the word the d word you used at the beginning? D- detritus, do I, what detritus, was, detritus. Yeah, man, I need to incorporate that into my everyday. Yeah. You, you, all that stuff that you the detritus that you see around your neighborhood. Yeah. You translate that to human beings and human behavior. That's what you're, I mean, that's you are seeking it out. I think I'm taking a strike. Or you're more sensitive to it. I am. I'm more sensitive
2: to it, but I'm taking a strike at the human race. I'm trying to snap them out of their fucking comas (laughs) and say people are dropping their couches out on the corners. And then you look at the couch, and on the couch is a discarded condom full of chum. (laughs) That is the world to me now, and I want that to change.
1: You want that to go away, I though. want that
2: to stop but happening. If, but if all but that... that whatever, but that's if all, all that...
1: Was, okay, but let's say... If that all, makes
2: you want to kill yourself, though, after a while. No.
1: No, no. it doesn't.
2: I don't. No. I, I used to, but I don't anymore.
1: You had those tendencies? I've
2: suffered a lot of heartbreak. Oh, I did the dramatic hold the gun in my mouth and cry. Did you? Yeah. When? I, uh, that was a long time ago. You were young. Yeah, yeah. I was a what, what? At what point... I fantasize about jumping off a high place, or but the, but I haven't had those. I haven't courted those thoughts in a long. It's only after but what, a great what brought that on.
1: Okay, was it was was it girl issues?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've 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 lost very dear friends over time, and you know, I know that I I can be a, a catastrophic pain in the ass, and I know I can be uh, very neurotic. But at the same time, I think I can be very mystical, and I think I can I have an ability to be a, a bit of a, a healer. I know that sounds crazy. Well, you've but, been married how long? Uh, gosh. Well, I've been married for 14 years, but I've been with Nicole for 22, uh, 20- yeah. Yeah.
1: three years. Ago. So.
0: And no kids. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's all right?
2: Yeah. Well, I had to make that decision when I married her because I knew it wasn't going to happen. I, I used to envision um, being surrounded by daughters and uh See, my stepdad, who my mom eventually married and they had my sister with, he was Jewish, so he brought in the whole Jew contingent when I was fifteen. I'm like, whoa, Jews! They love to eat and talk and spit bagel out of their mouths. They won't shut up. They're hilarious. There's egg all over grandma's blouse.
1: Oh my god, you actually got to live in the Marx brothers' household I did, for a while.
2: I did. Wow.
1: I did. Dream come true. Boy,
2: that's just thinking about things from the past. It's like, wow, what a funky-ass life.
1: But, yeah. So, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking oh, about wife. your wife. Yeah. So, no. Um, so, you manage. I mean, what I'm saying is you've managed to, to find a long-term relationship that she, you know, puts up with that shit or responds to it or connects with it.
2: Yeah. Plus, she allows me to have female friends, which uh, word is you're not. That's not a, a,
1: a really common thing in, in marriages. When um, you say female friends, you mean just actual friends. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just like, I mean, I hang out with a lot of chicks. Not a lot
1: of chicks. Women get jealous. Yeah. Well, men get jealous. I mean, it's 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 a... I think it
2: would be a double standard. If she started hanging out with some chode, I think I'm going to have a problem with it. Like, you're not seeing him tonight. Meanwhile, you know, I can see my female friends and it's not a problem, but it's just, I don't know. There's just a lot of... Well, you know what that is, Max? Give and take, What?
1: That's trust.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you have trust issues, Max?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Let's you, just say that um,
1: you don't have to answer that. Yeah, that was a stupid question.
2: No, no, I, it was a it was a deep one. We could have gone somewhere with it, but yeah, well, am I a good guest?
1: Yeah, I this am? is amazing. Oh, okay. No, um, luckily we have two more hours. We'll get through everything. Oh wow. No, we're not going to talk that long. No, no nobody no, wants no, to hear. No, you. no one wants to hear that. Um, let's get back to um, the stuff that you. Let's let's go chronological again. So you did that. You 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 bailed out of CalArts- you yep. didn't get the Jaws four audition, right? You're doing the actor thing. You yeah. have been. I mean, you've been living that life.
2: I had done upstage comedy with Bob Cushell Yes, you, know, you had Bob on the show, and, right. and, and, and all those folks, those fine folks, super talented folks. And again, a lot of those people, I I was the only non-Jewish dude in the room. There was a real Jewish sensibility, wasn't there? Well, that's that kind of a, a life theme. Well, that happens a lot in, Very funny. Well, that happens a lot in comedy, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, but then once I got out of CalArts, then I was like, "Nope, I'm back to being an actor. And um, I I got into some plays and I, I did a I did plays for about 10 years. And these were not I did plays that I wrote and staged. Oh, and then I did plays that other people wrote. And then people would uh, like my dear friend, Stefan Marks, very talented uh, writer, director from the four postman um, he would write plays and, and and write great parts for me, and and these weren't plays that people weren't seeing, you know. We had houses, we had feedback, we had reviews, and I compiled all of this stuff over the course of my twenties to kind of prepare me
1: for that next level film thing. career right, I'm gonna have. Right, right, right. <laughs> Well, why has why do you think that hasn't happened? It wasn't the well, lack of auditioning, or did you not were you know you what diligent about it? You know what, Larry? Yeah, I think,
2: I think I was always one of these guys, and it's so funny. I've had tremendous um, fits of actor-y success, but not
1: a consistent uh, ascension. Yeah, but I don't think that's unusual. I mean, I think even people who have Gotten a sitcom or or yeah. been in a, in a series I did a of sitcom. movies? Yeah, did you?
2: I did. I was on a sitcom. I played a guy with a puppet.
1: I did. <laughs> Can you tell us? It the was sitcom? just a part.
2: Uh, it was called Getting Personal. Vivica A. Fox was on it. Oh wow! Very funny to see Vivica now taken down a notch on Celebrity Apprentice because she wasn't <laughs> like that then. But I had a, a commercial campaign where I was in. Um, oh, it was perfect for me. Oh yes, I was a spokesman for a casino, and I had billboards and commercials, and it was like. Tons of residual checks coming in, but the best part was the photo shoot. Larry, they were paying me, me, look at me, to lie in a pool with a cigar and a cocktail surrounded by babes, or they brought in models to lie in bed with while I smoked a cigar. I mean, that was
1: so great. That was so great. That's the dream job. Other it than was. being a Marx brother, that's yeah. the yeah. dream job. Yeah. Yeah. Other than being a
2: smartass who destroys and brings down a system, (laughs) uh, getting paid to lie in a bed with a woman smoking a cigar was a dream job. So it just got to the point where voiceover started to kind of take off, which is great. Tons of video games, whatever. But then, like you said, I got to that point where I'm like, I cannot count on people anymore. Because I love and I appreciate, rather, the fact that over the years people have said, oh, you're so talented. You're so funny. You're so this. You're so that. And I know... A third of the time it's not lip service, but also I've always been that guy. Oh, man, we love you. We just don't know what to do with you. (laughs) And I've never fit in any category. Right. And I said, fuck it. I'm going to start my own thing. Yes. Yes. And so, well, that's
1: almost always the way I think, and I think more than ever now you have to do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, my kid's going through that. He's mm-hmm. a he's an actor and a musician, yeah. so it couldn't be more frustrating in worlds that are so splintered off into a million different places, and all he hears and all he knows is you're going to have to create your own shit yeah. to get noticed because yeah. you don't get to. Go through the training, get your management, get your agent, and then sit back and wait for the parts to come in and somebody to discover you. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So he's creating his own shit. That's great. And he's a very charismatic, fine young fellow,
2: very bright. I've always enjoyed the few times I I met Alex. And I know you uh,
1: rightfully boast about him uh he's great yeah he's, he's a good great. guy but you know the odds are against him from that standpoint is he in uh, he's in boston he's still? in new york he's in new york now. he graduated he's oh, in new york so he's a new york actor he's a new york pounding the pavement waiting on tables okay. doing gigs at clubs okay. finishing his own album wow doing sketch shows yes. doing improv
2: sounds like he's doing the right thing is he going to go out for snl i don't he's at the perfect age
1: isn't he Twenty-three. 23? He's a little young. Okay. He, he needs to. He's got to establish himself a little bit first, and yeah. and kind of you know get get in the mode. But he's doing everything he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do you know anymore? So the thing you created is that the YouTube videos you started. Yeah. Well, out? it was a it was a
2: three tier thing. I, I knew I wanted to um, work with my friend Adam Shoulder, aka the counselor. So we started Bowler Hat Productions. The Bowler Hat is signifying of Alex's derby and a clockwork orange, but under the Bowler Hat is Basically, you know, my brain and his brain. So just like this, just like you're doing now, I did a 100 hours of a show where I would just interview my awesomely talented friends. We made a great documentary about my desert rat granddad who's mm-hmm. a racist and a drunk. And and then I sort of on my own started making YouTube videos because um, I was uh, really strung out on The Sopranos. And, um, and it was actually uh, our – well, your friend, Lisa Arch. Uh, but she suggested <laughs> – Is she not your friend anymore? No, we were best friends, but uh, I think she'd had enough of me. But she's the one who suggested um, that I make a video of my uh, Tony Soprano impression and put it on YouTube. And I didn't know what that meant, so I just did it, and the thing went viral. Yeah. So then I became this like video maker, which I really enjoyed doing for a long time, but then you get really buried in the Tony Soprano shit, and- when it led up to like finally James Gandolfini dying, yeah. I looked at it that like a release, like I'm free, you know. So and you haven't done it since? No, I, I did I've one done reason, it A little right? bit, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I did a little goodbye video because that just destroyed me when he died. I mean, yeah. it had been a long time that an actor had moved me so
1: like he did. The Sopranos really kicked your ass, and I, I don't want to admit in front of you that I haven't seen that series. Yeah. Yet. Um, I
2: think as a, as a man who grew up on Coppola, Scorsese, mm-hmm. and all that, I think you will find that it'll fit in the echelons of those great works.
1: All right. I'm going to do
2: it. And it's... I think it's going to really um, take you down as a daddy. I think that's because the show oh, wow. is really, I mean, it's a mob show, but it's, it's so about the family. Sure. And it's so about the
1: dynamics between Tony and his son,
2: who actually is a turd, so <laughs> you probably won't relate to that.
1: <laughs> oh, he's at his turd moment. Yeah. Trust me. Um but th- but then that got you a, a, I mean, did anything come of the? A lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah.
2: A lot of good stuff came from the YouTube stuff, and 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 I was able to monetize, and you know, I still make money on those videos, and uh, really, yeah. And 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 I, I I got a couple of jobs. I got a. I actually got to fly not to New York, but I was flown out to Long Island to do um, videos. They put me up at a really nice hotel for this company. I don't know, doing all the characters and. Um, you know, people are like, I mean, seriously, people will just say, hey, can you say happy birthday to my cousin? I'll pay you $300 as Tony Soprano. (laughs) Oh, happy birthday from Tony Soprano. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) You know, that kind of shit. But, uh, but no, I, I, but then I started to like, yeah, kind of burn out because, you know, once again, just like do more Tony Soprano. I mean, I was doing like original characters and then people were saying, I love your original characters more than I love Tony Soprano. Anyway, it's Bowler Hat on YouTube. Yeah. Um. But then I got the biggest job of my life. I got uh, Nickelodeon's Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness. Yes. And that basically took me out of making videos because I was so happy being on a hit
1: cartoon and working with people. Talk about have, going in that room and working with dude, people. And, and the first major yeah. animation, I mean, you are built for animation. Right. It, it It makes sense that mm-hmm. they would find you for that. Tell, tell me about the experience of that, because... I think I auditioned for it for, like, 20 times. Really?
2: I kept going into Nickelodeon, and I kept going in, and I kept going in, and I'm talking to my agent. And I'm like, what? Why won't they just... How come... And then it was silence, and it was like, gosh, I, I guess it, it didn't happen. And I'll never forget, I was at North Hollywood Toyota <laughs> getting my, <laughs> getting my uh, car lubed. I don't know. <laughs> And I get a call from my agent, and she she was actually a little, like, mellow about it. She's like, hey, Max, I'm just letting you know um, you, you booked Kung Fu Panda. I'm like, oh, like a, a part? No, like you're you're a series regular. What, huh? Like, I, it was a hot summer's day, and I'm staring in the sun, and I was really feeling like a loser, and uh, I was really feeling like, where am I going to go in my life? And I think I might have evidently—they had the cast set, but I had played Mantis already in a— in a few things, Master Mantis, the little uh green mantis dude, right Seth Rogan voices him in the films right um but i I hadn't uh I didn't think I was going to get the show, but I think I replaced a guy, and my first session was catch up, you know, like I went in alone and I'm working with the great Peter Hastings, who Dave Finkel actually
1: I don't know if he spoke of him but uh Oh, in his animation uh, period. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Pinking the brain and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. He, he did talk about
2: that. Yeah, P- Peter was like the the main guy. So, so here is this guy who intimidated the shit out of me. I mean, I was diapered up for this first <laughs> session, and I was on my way actually to uh, the central coast where you now enjoy a part time home, and um, with with my wife and her parents. <laughs> and. I thought I tanked so hard in the session. I just didn't, like, I wasn't getting any feedback. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to lose this job. And I remember driving up there, and I'm like, calling my agent, Marnie, I'm going to lose this job. I was terrible. She's like, oh, God, don't say that. You know. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm really learning, Larry. It's taken me a very long time, but I'm really learning, like, it's hard to put that bad wooji out there because it might bounce back and I don't know. I'm, do you believe that? I'm, uh, I'm getting a little mystical. I'm just. I, I don't yeah. want to put that bad energy
1: out there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think there's something to that. I don't believe the energy part of yeah. it, but I do believe the personal part of it. The I personal believe, part. Yeah, of it. yeah I it's believe if, if you put that yeah. persona up, then it then it does radiate to yeah. other people, and they go you. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear it on the phone. You can hear it in your voice. You can see it in your facial expressions. And now, with social media, yeah. you can pick up attitude Absolutely. in a tweet for crying out loud. Oh, good. Yeah,
2: I had to finally leave Twitter. It just wasn't. Yeah,
1: way. it drove you crazy. It did, but but, um, but it worked out. I mean, yeah. it, you obviously didn't get fired from that job.
2: Correct. Uh, so once I I, I started uh, going in with the cast, and we would have these sessions. It was four and a half years of the most fun, the most. Uh, I don't know, just, I mean, it it, seriously, it it was like having a morning radio show. Friday mornings, you go into Nickelodeon, you're in the booth, and I kind of become the host of the show, and I'm interviewing Fred (laughs) Tattashore, VO great, Kari Walgren. And James C and right. you know, Mick Winger and Amir Talai. And the show that's going on in the room yeah. outside of the script yeah. has got to be amazing. Oh, if you could have heard that show. Yeah. But I heard that because um, uh, my, my very, very, very dear friend, Kari, she's a voiceover superstar, but uh, she told me that it doesn't happen. Casts of shows like that don't bond and get close. And this is where I'm saying I had no idea that, well, then I guess I was 40, Forty-one. I, I guess I didn't know it was possible to have new best friends in life, so it, it really, it really kind of stung when the show ended. And it's yeah. still airing, which is fantastic. Right. I mean, it's
1: on every day, all day, and and that's great. But, but that's a group you bonded with in a yeah. way that you felt that sadness when you had to say goodbye because yeah. you know you're not gonna, you know, you're gonna stay in touch or whatever. Yeah, yeah, You'll yeah. be connected in yeah. some like kind of tiny little way. But there is they. They use that old thing about it being a family. Yeah. But you really felt like that. I, I did. Yeah.
2: I did. And and I, I miss it. And in a post-Kung Fu Panda world, once again, <laughs> just because you're on Kung Fu Panda, that doesn't mean you have an automatic, you're going to be in every other cartoon because it, you know, it. things got slow again. Yeah. And And, but now, now I'm finally at the point where I have become Max Cook. The guy with this sensibility, I know my vision, I have a tremendous love of wine, and I'm doing Max Cook Uncorked.
1: See, again, there is something you created, something yes. for yourself. Yes. And what I love about the wine blog yes. is that Correct. it's not the snooty, pretentious wine blog. Correct. It is the my kind of guy wine blog, because I love wine, and my wife loves wine. Yes. But we don't need to hear about hints of nutmeg and and, no, you and smell of newly mowed lawn and none of <laughs> none of that shit makes sense to me because part of the joy, especially of what we're watching you do, is the experience of where you're having the wine, I mean, and and that there's goats in the in the barn <laughs> yeah. across the field, and that there's just this amazing beautiful day, yeah. and you take a sip of something, and you just tell us, "Wow, this is really, yeah. this is really good. This yeah. is bold. This is yeah. oh, it goes great with this food." That's all I need to hear. That's I need to you see need. your face when you taste it. I know I want to hear about the experience yeah. of, of what you went through to get to the winery yeah. and taste it. Yeah. That's that's tell people where the blog is again. It's maxcookuncorked.com. Yeah,
2: and uh, let me tell you something. Um, what's so fantastic, and I, I, I'm really excited because I, I, I really up the ante with the video making. I, I got rid of my PC, I switched to Mac. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying, to, and I've never been a technical guy ever. If you look at my videos, they're very primitive, but it's so fun now to plan when we go on trips. To, like, have that confidence to say, you know what, if if you walk onto a winery and you go into a tasting room and you simply say, hey, do you mind if I film for my blog? They open up arms yeah. for you most of the time. I've never had anyone say no.
1: And then you're oh, talking— plus they're bring they're yeah. probably bringing you stuff they normally don't have out for oh. the regular patrons. Oh, Larry. Yeah, oh, Larry. right? I've right? had— I've already they're received. They're giving you like this 125-year-old, Dude, we never uh, bring this I've up, had but. those experiences. Yeah. When I was in Napa Valley,
2: I couldn't believe, because they're like, wow, you're just kind of I mean, they didn't say this, but they're like, wow, you're kind of an idiot. I'm like, yeah, it's Jackass meets Hulhauser in wine country. <laughs> what, uh, what, like, I know anything. <laughs> But I had a family. Uh, an, I'd watch amazing, that show, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, and that's <laughs> you, next. You I want to pitched two great <laughs> shows to me
1: in one episode. Yeah.
2: But no, I, uh, I, uh, I was invited by a family, and I'm going to be doing this in the coming months. I'm going to go basically live on their winery. What? And my cousin's going to film, and um, I'm just going to be there for like a long weekend and just film morning, noon, and night. My sorry ass learning how to make wine with this unbelievably cool family. And they're a very unique The characteristics are great. There's Edge to them. They wear black clothes. There's Harleys involved. Yeah. It'll be awesome. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot of fun to be myself.
1: You know, I mean, I'll- I'll, I'll And this is a passion for you. I mean, you're not just a casual wine drinker. This is- No, this is a sincere- Yeah, you really love the stuff. I do. And you have, and I I think that's great. Now, so have wineries started reaching out to you now? Are they finding you? What's interesting is
2: that- um, if you go to my wine blog, you'll be like, well, why is he talking about a movie? Well, that's what I feel like talking about. But I always try to pair the film or the book or the experience or, you know, with a wine that I've tried that I love. So a lot of these wines that I've mentioned, you know, I'll put in the tags and they'll find that and they'll send me a private email. Hey, you know, we'd love you to taste our 2012 uh, old finds in or or wait hear the, uh the the cab we have going on or whatever. And it's starting slowly to happen. I've only really been rocking this thing since October.
1: Right. I'm just not rocking it loud enough. So now
2: I'm I'm getting my mojo back because I think I, I lost it again a little bit.
1: No, I think you're on to something. I yeah. think that you've, you've hit on something that uh, – because there was a period where – it feels like uh, the attention on wines in general. There was a that, that period, you know, where everybody talked about Chardonnay mm-hmm, all the time, mm-hmm. and so Chardonnay got really shitty <laughs> because yeah, yeah, right. everybody started making Chardonnay. <laughs> yeah, um, that and, happens. And now, like, wines suddenly, like, wine suddenly got kind of moved to the back seat, and suddenly we are all into kind of spirits and mm-hmm. and like these these uh, savory cocktails yeah. and these places that they're making stuff with you know mushrooms and vodka and and you know dirt. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would like to think that people are kind of focusing back on on wine again. It's it's such a great food. I mean, it is, and when it's it made is. well. Um, and now that Charla and I have explored uh, Paso Robles area, yes. which, by the way, to me, it just feels like one of the best kept secrets in in wine. It's the greatest because it's. It, uh, you look around and it's as beautiful as mm-hmm. as Napa. Transporting. I'm talking quietly so mm-hmm. people don't hear this part. Yeah. It is gorgeous there, and yeah. the and the Zins, the mm-hmm. Reds, oh, yeah, they're they're tremendous. The Pinot. I'm going up there in uh, in March. We got a couple of places. Yeah, we'll we'll send you. You got definitely got to experience Niner. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been to Niner. Oh, you have been yeah, to yeah, Niner. Yeah. We love it there. Yeah. Um, there is a, a little place tucked back off of the of the highway. That is a Pinot. It's all Pinot. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, yeah, we'll talk. Have you been to
2: Pipestone Organic? Because nope. uh, that, that's, that's up there. And, and it's so funny because, you know, you say organic wine and you think that that's um, redundant. But, but it's actually a whole different process in many yeah. ways. Uh, but I think you'd enjoy that one, too. Right. There's so many great ones. I mean, it's
1: ridiculous. All right. So people should check that out. Where should they also see? Um, it, tell us where we can find you because you're not on the Twitter. And and you've uh, yeah. you've rejected the Instagram. No, I'm on Instagram. Oh, you are. I Love Instagram. Oh, I thought you were. What, what did you? Oh, it was you railed against Twitter the other day. Yeah, Instagram. I
2: am. Um, every time I would t- tweet, I would lose followers, and I got very insecure. And I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> you know, it's too bad because, because Facebook. Why? Because you spoke your mind. Facebook really is my my wall. My like, yeah. I don't post like other. It's drawings. It's rants. It's yeah pictures of of dead people. Well, not really. But...
1: I'm just waiting to find that in my neighborhood when I walk my dog in the morning. Oh my God! That really, at that point, you just have to stop, right? How can you top a dead body? Yeah, unless it's two dead bodies. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. Good. As, so yeah, as long as you're not the cause of it, I don't think it's a problem. Just type my stupid name and and it's K O C H K O C H, and we'll make sure to to put all the links up on uh, on the website and everything. Thank you. Are you happy? I have trouble. I want you to be happy. Yeah. Because you have, I mean, uh, the people who blow smoke are one thing, but you, you do have a lot of talent. And yeah. I do think there is love in you. And I think that, that you are a good person at heart, despite maybe some of the weird trappings of, you know, you grabbing your crotch at a moment's notice. <laughs>
2: um, w- w- yeah. What's it going to take to be happy? No, no, no. I um, When I'm working... I'm at my happiest. Mm -hmm. I've learned this. And it has just been the past few months with, uh, I mean, I don't get sick. So if I'm taken down by a cold, I'm going to be sitting around for two weeks and I'm going to get very, very depressed. Yeah. But for the most part, Larry, I want you to know I'm very happy. And uh, as long as my dog Mickey isn't sick because he has pancreatitis and as long as he isn't having a seizure and I don't have to inject some fluid up his poop hole and as long as my pug Malcolm's okay and my dogs are all right and as long as my wife isn't
1: you know falling apart or hang out with some chode
2: yeah and my female friends are all doing all right and as long as everyone around me is okay I'm all right all right I'm well, all right, I'm
1: all I'm good just so you know you're
2: fantastic I'm in
1: the best you look the best you've ever looked I know I love the cropped hair thank you I, I do you go to
2: fantastic it. sam's
1: um, I would. I didn't used to. I used to pay out the nose for, yeah. you know, whatever that was on my head. If you're
2: going to stick with this, just, just go to the Yeah, I'm just going to
1: have somebody just gonna buzz. Clippers. Would you do it?
2: That's Buzz your hair? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I have my own clipper set. I'll ah. clean up the hairs on your neck, too. And they'll ask you if you want it square back there yeah. or round yeah. on your corners. What should that I do? Round.
1: Yeah? No Okay, square. that's what I think. Nose square. All right. All right, I'm coming over. And shave your ear hair. All right, could I talk to you? Uh, I do. Could I? <laughs> Why? Do you see? Is there a stray one sticking no. out? Can I talk to Al Pacino for a second? Come on! I hope you heard about my new movie. No. The Humbling. Is that real? Yeah. What's that about? I play
2: an actor with a scarf on, who wears a black suit and crocs, and is going through some shit.
1: Now that just sounds like your life. That just sounds like you. Yeah. That's why I didn't
2: put too much energy into it. <laughs> Larry, I like you. I was wondering if you used the booty butt wipes.
1: I'm sorry? Come on. No, I don't know what that is. Do you
2: have a freckled hide?
1: Um, I haven't looked at my hide to know, or nor have I been told. What are you doing asking about his hide? Uh, what's the matter with you? Oh, there we go.
2: What you, what's wrong? Why are you talking to him like that? Nobody cares. You hear me? Look Mi- at
1: me. Mr. De Niro? What? Uh, do you, you remember uh, you and I actually and have... Uh, yeah, we have... You uh, and me. We have acted together. We in us, in yes, we were in a movie we together. Do? we were in I know you there was a um, yeah. I know you yeah i 've seen your
2: face, yeah you look at me yeah i 've seen your face yeah you what I said, yes,
1: look at me, uh, let him talk <laughs> we we were in grudge match together, do you I remember don't that huh? no i don 't know what that is that, that's a movie you made with sylvester stallone I don't that's know the who that 's the boxing comedy. Uh, you made with Sylvester Stallone and Kevin well, I mean, Hart. I don't know what you're talking about. You no, know I mean? There was a. Yes. You know don't like? What? Come on, he's a nice
2: guy. He's trying to ask you things. I'm
1: telling you the truth. I, so we, what do we. Do we have an exchange? Uh, we had uh, eye contact, yes. Eye contact. I did have lines. Did I thought my eyes away from
2: you? You motherfucker, you. <laughs> you did, actually. He's kind of a white boy, isn't he? He's a
1: white boy. <laughs> he's a white boy, you know hear I mean? Look at me. Ah. Uh, Groucho Marx, are you, a, that, are you that, anywhere Groucho? in the vicinity? No. I'll just do Gilbert Groucho. Marx. <laughs> Have you heard Gilbert's Groucho Marx? Gilbert Groucho? Gilbert
2: Gottfried. Yeah. No. Uh, he does old Groucho Marx. It's <laughs> it's the funniest. It's Groucho right before he died. You know, it's like <laughs> when he was in those old recordings. I'll never forget the time the Chico it was fucking the girls in the back room. I don't know why
1: he's from Boston,
2: <laughs> but it's the best. <laughs> Groucho, you got to hear Gilbert.
1: Max, I love you. I love you! And we should do this again. All right. All right. And uh, we should drink wine together. Yes. In fact, we should just open this right now. Seriously,
2: I was going to bring glasses and uh, 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 a corkscrew, but... uh, If I could
1: just nap the rest of the day, I'd be happy. Can
2: I just say one thing about this? This wine? When you open the bottle, yeah. yeah, Do you have have, um, a decanter?
1: Um, we don't. Okay. It makes a difference, it, right?
2: I'm telling you, Larry. All right. I want you to pour that thing aggressively into the decanter like, like right. aggressively. All right. and, and all of a sudden it'll be like a tiger springing out of a cage. <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is a living thing in there that wants out. Yeah. You let that th- you walk away. Yeah. One How hour. long? How long? One I, hour. An hour? An hour? I don't
1: want to wait an hour. Well, uh, Okay, I'll wait 20 an minutes.
2: hour. No, okay. We'll plan it. 20 minutes. All right. 20 minutes, come back, just put a sip in.
1: Yeah. Just put a sip.
2: Yeah. And then get yourself a little horseradish white cheese. Ooh. <gasps> and put that on Ooh. your tongue. Yeah. And then take a little sip of the Saint Francis and just make them fuck on your tongue. The cheese and the and the berry there.
1: Oh. Can I can I can I be completely honest with you? Yeah. I am I have a mild erection. <laughs> just hearing your voice. Me do that. too. Oh my god. Well it's what you have to do. <laughs> huh <laughs> when the hell where the hell am
2: i <laughs> i'm up there in the hollywood hills counting my change and waiting to croak <laughs> someone said i'm jaundiced <laughs> i think it was harry dean stanton <laughs>
1: oh my god oh my god your face just now scaring uh, the crap out oh of oh i it. have the arched irish yeah you like, do ejecta. Uh, how sad will you i know you've thought about uh, this how sad are you going to be when he's how gone how can you bring that up you, you've thought about it haven't you <laughs> we you, got
2: this far and now you're going to make me cry you you've planned I do.
1: you've planned what's what, I
2: made a video about it yeah of what I'm going to do when Jack goes it's called Jack please don't die and it's right, on YouTube right. it's me begging him not to die yeah yeah he's he's everything he's everything to me and uh, I love reading books about him and Isn't it
1: strange how we attach ourselves to personalities yeah, like that? I just identify with him. I know for me, uh, when when David Letterman passes away- That's your biggest guy. I'm going to be a wreck. That's your biggest guy? He's a, he, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've been living my life with him Yeah. since I discovered him.
2: Oh, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Isn't
1: that weird? Yeah. Why do we do that?
2: I don't know. But raise a glass to Dave of the St.
1: Francis. All right.
2: After you do the cheese thing,
1: I gotta buy a decanter. Yep. And I gotta buy some horseradish cheese and Hors- a
2: waiter wine key, not the screw, not the screwy dumb thing. Get oh, a waiter's okay. wine key.
1: Uh, okay. That'll help you. God, I have so much investment in this. <laughs> this wine better be worth it. You're down on the Wilshire District. You can just go to one fancy store. To, and you know what? You go. I'm going to Sur Le Table. That's the place. Sur La Table. That's where I'm going. Fancy pants. Max Cook, you're the best. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. being uh, here.
2: you're you're a, you're a great person, and uh, it was a real pleasure, and I'm honored that you asked me.
1: All let's right. record it now that's <laughs> my favorite year
0: get a monkey get a monkey hey!